Where are you going? What do you want? Together, we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. I don't know about you, but especially as a parent, one of my biggest concerns is how all of what's gone on for the last year or so has affected my daughter. So this week on The Way to Wow Show, I've asked to have Kevin Sved, a friend of mine who's been involved with education and child development for over three decades, come and talk to us about what are the areas of concern that we should be looking at and, and how can we deal with those? So I think you'll really find something worthwhile that you can use on a practical basis. In fact, even if you don't have children, if you're around children or young people, teenagers, I suspect what Kevin's gonna say will be very, very useful to you. But before, <clears throat> before I sit down with Kevin, I want to introduce you to the newest member of our production team, Madison, and she's going to mix up a cocktail for us. So what have you got on uh, tap here, huh? Well, I would like to first start off with thank you for having me. Um, I'm super happy to be able to make us both a drink. Um, I picked this one because of the segment that you have been listening to, you know, everybody like kind of talk about education and what I find is you know education is really anywhere that you look if you just listen and one thing I really love to do when I bartend is educate people about the history of the drinks mm -hmm. so today I've chosen the Negroni okay I'm gonna tell you a little story about that real quick great so the Negroni was said to be invented in Florence Italy by a guy named Camillo Negroni I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly sounds uh, right yeah. <laughs> so, Camille Negroni Negroni right yeah. A little, yeah. He, uh, you know, it was kind of an accident. So his favorite bar there was in Cassoni in Florence. And so he demanded the bartender, you know, spice up his favorite drink, which was the Americana. Oh, okay. So he did create a little bit of a substitution with that. So um, in the Americana, it traditionally has soda water. I guess, you know, Mr. Negroni was having a very rough day because he wanted that a little stronger. He wanted a little bit more of a kick. Mm -hmm. So instead, he substituted it with gin. Oh. And that fateful substitution led to one of the most popular stirred drinks in history. Okay, great. So, so fun? how do we make one? So uh, we're going to have a little bit of sweet vermouth, uh, Campari, and I love the botanist gin. It's mm -hmm. kind of my favorite. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is this is actually going to be stirred and not poured. So I'm just going to take these and I'm just going to get a little bit of ice. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. All right. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's just water. The ice is having some fun with me today. Yeah, you know. All right, here's some good pieces. As long as it doesn't rebel too much, we'll let it right, stick. Right, right. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's top it off a little bit more. There we want go. a little bit more. Okay. okay. Good. So it's pretty simple from here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start off with my favorite gin, the botanist. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm going to just put an ounce of the botanist in each. We want to build the drink, starting with like the heaviest ingredients. Okay. And then I'm going to put this down. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go in with a little sweet vermouth. Okay. It's about three quarters of a 
an ounce of the sweet from you? Yeah, a you little bit. There, I do like, we need the next bottle? Actually, yes, I would like a refill, please. <laughs> Thank you. Here you are, mademoiselle. Thank you very much. All I right. don't know what the Italian equivalent of mademoiselle right? is. Right? Uh, Me either. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm deficient in my Italian. The American way is just my own. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well, right. Just say it slowly enough and loud enough and people will understand. Exactly. And then we're going to top that off with a little Campari. Okay. And, you know, the measurements don't have to be super exact, especially because these uh, just kind of whatever fits. Um, okay, so then I'm going to take my lovely orange here and a little peeler. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, you know, we're going to do the... Nice twist of that orange peel. Because mm, okay. I feel like it kind of just makes it. And you know, because this drink is traditionally a little bitter, mm -hmm. I actually like, because I mean, you could like swap the gin for a bourbon. I mean, what I love about this is it's very versatile. Oh, okay. So, you know, with with me, uh, I really like to put a little bit of orange juice to kind of break up that bitterness. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. But it's, it is traditionally, you know, supposed to be bitter and mm -hmm. supposed to kind of wake you up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I've learned from other bartenders, a lot of cocktails, especially in the, you know, early part of the 20th century, were had that bitter, um, you know, taste to them, and um, it's. I think bitter is healthy. So, so see, we're making a healthy cocktail. That's right. that's how I like to think of it. Right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So, your Negroni. Ah, thank you. Absolutely. Cheers, huh? Cheers. Be ready. Mmm. Right? Yeah, very that good. That kind of good. Spicy? Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome to the team. Thank Thanks. you so much. Lovely to be here. Mm. I'm going to go talk to Kevin. How can you improve your life through learning? So, my guest for this episode of The Way to Wow Show is Kevin Sved. And Kevin and I have known each other for a long, long time, although actually in a, a completely different context than what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen you, so it's, it's, it's nice to see you again. And glad to hear that you and your family are doing well up in uh, sort of the South Bay Area, South San Francisco Bay Area. So good. Glad, glad to have you on the show, Kevin. I'm going to read a, a short bio about you so people um, you know, know who you are, and, and, and then we'll, 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 we'll chat for a few minutes. Thanks for having me here, Kevin. I'm it's great to see you, too. For 30 years, Kevin Saved has been an educator and someone who has striven to help children reach their potential. He started his career in youth services and as a teacher. Later, Kevin co-founded one of the earliest charter school networks in Los Angeles, the Accelerated School, which Time Magazine named School of the Year in 2001. Currently, he's the chief executive officer of Navigator Schools, a group of three charter schools in the South San Francisco Bay Area of California. So, you know, Kevin, I'm gonna, I want to kind of jump right into um, what we were talking about uh, on the phone uh, last week, and that is, it's been a it's been a really tough year, year and a half for for children, um, especially with respect to their learning. And so, you know, I, I, I what are what are some of the challenges that that you've seen? kids facing that, you know, maybe, you know, some of us are really not aware of, they're not on our radar? I'd, I'd first start by saying that the impacts and challenges within our 
our children um, are definitely vary from household to household. Uh, there's a lot of correlation on the negative impacts or the challenges and poverty, um, as well as uh, children of color. Um, not to say that, you know, upper class, you know, white children aren't also experiencing challenging impacts, um, but there, there's definitely a disproportionate level of harm uh, that uh, our children of color on average have experienced. And some of that, again, correlates with, with poverty um, and some of the stresses of the COVID crisis within their local communities. Um, you know, rates for infection were higher among uh, Latino and African-American subgroups. So again, those, those carry over to the households and to the children. Um, I would say some of the, some of the challenges that, that, you know, go across um, all, all of our children are some of the social impacts because it's, it's difficult to really experience learning um, in a social environment through Zoom. And, and again, that more so challenging for kids whose home environments, environments maybe made it more difficult to focus. Um, some kids, you know, had really great uh, home office type setups, mm -hmm. uh, whereas others, you know, we're, we're in more cramped households with other background noises and activities going on that made it harder for them to focus. Some of our students are just more socially, um, that, that's like their, their kind of super, superpower is being, is, is, is being in a social environment. And so being isolated uh, were, was particularly challenging for those students. My Youngest son, for example, who was in a senior year in high school, he's very social. It was a very difficult transition for him. Whereas other students who are more, um, let's say, um, internal focused, or um, um, the word, the exact word I'm slipping is slipping my mind, Kevin. Uh, introverted or shy? Introverted. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, children who are more introverted actually thrived. Um, in, in a more distance learning environment. And then looking at the learning loss or the, the, the lower academic progress than we're expected, uh, than, that we usually expect to see within a calendar year, an academic year, we've definitely noticed a drop. Mm. And um, so it's gonna be a, a learning gap. That's gonna take time to recover and bring students up to close that achievement gap. So, um, you, you, you've, you've, I think you've at least partially answered my next question, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. And that is, it, it, it seems to me, just looking at the situation for my own daughter, there are some, there have been some short-term impacts that I think, you know, even now when she's, you know, back in live classes, have, you know, pretty much worked themselves out. But I think there's some longer term impacts as well that, you know, I wonder, you know, will they ever be worked out? And you, you mentioned, a, uh, you know, a couple of those. Are there other short and or medium long term impacts that, you know, especially parents, but, but you know, people who, who are dealing with, uh, you know, children, younger people, we should be aware of, of these impacts and and so that we understand the context in which, you know, children are living their lives now? 
I think, Kevin, that um, we need to have a lot of grace and patience uh, for each other as adults as well, especially like you mentioned, for our children that the, the, it is unprecedented. I mean, maybe 100 years ago, we, we had something similar happening, but the students reacclimating to the social stresses of school, um, of in-person school, like th it brings up things that um, they haven't had to deal with necessarily, like, you know, cyberbullying in Zoom rooms is a lot different than being bullied on the playground. Um, and so not so there are there are some anxieties that children may be experiencing going back into into school. I would say also, um, again, when it comes to ach academic achievement levels, um, that it's really important that parents are supportive of their children and accept like what what is what, what is the current reality as it relates to you know, academic performance may not be on par with where they hoped or expected them to be, and that it may take time to, to recover. And so, you know, patience and grace, um, you know, love and understanding, I would say are key for all of us as parents always, but especially in this kind of time where we're dealing with kind of the transition back into on-site learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, was, I was struck by one of the things you said earlier, which is that um, for a lot of introverted children, they actually did better in the online environment um, than they would might typically do in the classroom. What are your thoughts about now taking those children back into the in-classroom environment? Would you expect them to have more difficulties adjusting back? Whereas the, peop the, the children who are, you know, more social, more naturally outgoing, they might have less, less difficulties. You know, as, again, as we gauge how best to help our children, it, I think it can help to have our expectations, um, you know, somewhat put, put in, in, in balance. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a great insight, Kevin, in that some of our children who did thrive more um, in the distance learning environment are going to need more support and patience and encouragement to engage in social interactions. And I'd say, you know, from a school standpoint, it's important. Like one thing that we've done at Navigator Schools, and I know many schools across the nation have done, is they really emphasize their social emotional learning and the programs and supports for social emotional learning. So we've done this online in distance learning that we call the strong start. We take mm. some time for breathing exercises. We really start the day with um, a kind of community learning in space. And that's not something that we were doing consistently pre-pandemic. It is something that we're gonna carry forward knowing that um, social emotional learning is critical for all of our children. Um, and so parents, what parents can do is one is ask their local school principal or the, the school districts um, or their private school, whatever school they may go to, what are you doing differently to support students with social emotional learning, knowing that that's gonna be really critical uh, for students as they um, get back into school on site. Um, so that would be one thing I think, Kevin, they could do. Another is to make sure that 
you know, I think one of the beauties of the of the pandemic, I mean, it's hard to say it in that way, but I say right. one of the things that that has been beautiful to see is more parent-child uh, communication and connection. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some households, it's been very strained because it's been quite difficult, but in many cases, we have seen a lot more collaboration between schools and te- uh, schools and parents, teachers and parents, and parents and children as it relates to to academic learning goals. Um, and I think that that's something we hope to build on and keep uh, keep at, as we move forward. So I think families um, staying engaged and connected um, while maybe not having to do quite as much when kids are back in school as when ki- when the learning is all happening at home, I think, but I think there is a way to build on that uh, mm-hmm. to support our children. And you you mentioned um, that as as a school you're doing some exercises to begin the the school day, breathing exercises and things things. Are are, are these things that parents might want to consider? You know, doing with their children maybe in the morning before they go to school, or maybe even in the car right before they drop them off, looking for some something maybe small and short that they can do to help support that 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 emotional learning, um, even if it's just for a moment or two? Should we, should we be looking for those to do something like that? I think that's a great idea, Kevin. Um, yeah, turn down the music um, or put on something different than, uh, you know, news radio and do some mindfulness and breathing on the way in. Uh, I think that's a great suggestion. You know, we're going to be into summer vacation here pretty soon. Um, And and it seems to me that um, that (laughs) that presents parents with uh, an an opportunity. Maybe it presents schools with an opportunity as well to potentially uh, either make up some of that gr- lost ground that you were talking about or or deal with some of these more complex uh, emotional issues that we may be facing what what would you, what are your thoughts about how we can use the summer uh, to best help children um, you know kind of get back into whatever a new normal life is going to be for them it's a great question, uh, Kevin. So here at Navigator Schools, we are doing our kind of typical summer program for students that are scoring kind of on the, the lower levels of academic proficiencies. I know a lot of school districts and charter school networks are having challenges recruiting teachers to work this summer because like, it's been exhausting. I mean, we think, oh, teachers working from home, that's easy. Actually, no. A lot of like planning for Zoom meetings, being on Zoom, helping teaching reading through Zoom with kindergartners and first graders is exhausting. And now, you know, many schools throughout the state are back in action, hybrid program, AM, PM, and distance learning. So teachers need a break. And I'd say for many of our students, like last summer, they kind of lost out on a lot of fun activities last summer. No travel, no camping. A lot of summer camp programs were restricted or closed. So I would say as much of a normal summer with a lot of reading, fun reading. But to me, like, I think kids need that too. And we're looking um, at the following summer, the summer of 2022, as really gearing up to to have more um, of the learning loss mitigation strategies there as well. Like, 
Because again, this is probably not going to be something that we're going to close in one year. Um, so we're looking at that as well as beefing up our intervention strategies for the coming school year. So a lot of summer reading and, 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 and a lot of fun, it sounds like, uh, for, for, for kids. Any, any other sort of concluding thoughts you can share with us? Uh, uh, you know, philosophy in uh, 10 words or less that we can kind of stick in the back of our brains to have with us as we, as we sort of pursue uh, helping our children? I guess the only thing that really comes to mind, Kevin, that I have, have been said is, um, while I know this is in the mental uh, pillar, pillar, mm -hmm. pillar um, how important it is to think of ourselves as integrated human beings, and particularly in education, the integration of the social emotional learning side with the intellectual and mental side. Um, and that's been just so profound in this as we deal with the, the pandemic and how important it is that we remember the integration of the social emotional learning with the academic and intellectual learning as well. Well, and, and, and you know what, that's, it's, it's, uh, it, it's always great when uh, one of the guests reminds me that although we tend to talk about life in terms of these three pillars, indeed they are meant overall to be an integrated whole, physical, mental, and spiritual, right? And I think, uh, as you so rightly put out, uh, as you so rightly uh, said, um, having grace with, uh, with our children and, and, and with our other family members and other people we meet brings kind of that spiritual aspect into it. And, and going out and having some fun brings, brings in the physical. So indeed, all, all of the all of the pillars and all of the realms, uh, you know, looks like we've got to keep those in mind as, as we go forward. Absolutely. Well said, Kevin. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on with us today, coming on the Way to Wow show and sharing your thoughts, your insights from a long, long career dedicated to helping children. We, I really appreciate it very, very much. And I, I wish you and your, your family a, 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 a you know, a smooth wrap-up to the school year and a, a wonderful summer filled with fun. Thank you so much, Kevin. Best wishes to you and your family as well. It was a pleasure to be here. So that's our show for this week. I think it's really nice to hear from someone whose expertise comes from being in the trenches for decades and decades. Kevin really has a clear, clear sense of what's going on with our children. And I think with, with parents, teachers, et cetera, as well. I loved how he said, we should treat each other with, with grace going forward. It's easy to put the blame on teachers or children or parents or whatever. It's been a tough, tough time for people. And I think we can all use a little bit of break. For this summer, I think Kevin's advice makes a lot of sense. Let's, 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 let's read, let's immerse ourselves in good, fun books. Get out and, and have a fun time and just let the cares of the past time maybe slide off our shoulders a little bit. Enjoy life as we work our way to wow. If you've got a thought about how we can make the show better, someone you'd like to see, maybe you think you ought to be a guest on the Way to Wow show, let us know. Drop us a comment, go to our website, whatever works for you. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, darling, you are still my belle.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.